0: glad to see each of you and may the Lord continue blessing you. May he continue that and may he continue to unfold himself to you. Amen. Amen. This is a good day. This is a good day. I want to just take some time and talk about uh, what God has intended for you and uh, how you and I should uh, comport ourselves, how we should conduct our lives uh, today. So today I I chose as a subject the church's eternal purpose. It's the purpose of the church, the church's eternal purpose. And so you and I are already living out our eternal purpose. So we we have to understand that if, um, if I knew that mom and dad were coming home in five minutes, I was going to be ready. But usually they surprise me. And so I, I don't want you to be surprised. I want us to walk this thing out with, with Jesus. It's so good. It's so wonderful. Uh, let me, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 8, and uh, we'll look at that. So if we're going to talk about purpose today, let's give you a few uh, definitions for purpose. Um, if I were to ask you, I'm sure you could tell me uh, very clearly what purpose is, or, or enough of us would say some things that we would get the idea of it. It's really to set something forth, a setting forth of something. Uh, for example, a proposal, you know, it, it could be a purpose, or your intention. Uh, that, that is your purpose, your intention. So when we talk about the church's eternal purpose, we're saying, what is God's intention for the church? And, and also, specifically, when the Bible speaks of purpose, it sort of uh, the idea of the showbread in the temple comes to mind, where the, the bread was was baked and put out fresh every day before the the Lord. That is, uh, the bread of the presence, it was called that. So that's really what it has an idea of being exposed to God when you think of our purpose. It also is the reason uh, for which something exists. It's the reason for which something exists. So why do you exist? Do you exist to get your felt needs met, or do you exist for God's intention? Yes. Amen. And or it, it could also be the reason um, that something has been done or something was made. You and I were made for something. So uh, that also deals with purpose. And so it, it also is an intended or desired result. An intended or a desired result. It also means the end or the goal or the aim of something. And so today, let's look at this briefly, what God intends for us. I don't want to live my life doing what God did not intend. I think that would be such a sad life. And those of us who live in the Western world have been taught so much, whether you were aware of it or not, We've been taught so much that you you and I need to live sort of for ourselves. And there are all these good things that we can do with our lives. But rather than just asking God, why am I here? What do you want from me? And so in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, we will start. Paul writes, to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should Preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, Paul is saying, so this is why he existed. This is what God intended, that somebody who saw himself as the least of all the saints, the sanctified people, the set-apart people, God's people, he said that this grace was given. So God had given him this amazing grace, this amazing favor, this this God-given ability these God-given, this God-given wealth that he should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable, untraceable riches of Christ. Now, I, I love that. So he, God gave him an understanding of who Jesus is, and therefore he explored this, um, this vastness of Jesus. If we, if we took time to know Jesus like we know our occupation, our job, how far much farther? would we be? How much further would we be? And he says that he had been given this grace to preach this untraceable. In other words, Jesus is so vast that you, you cannot really trace him out. You, you can't find it, but you can, you can try. And so Paul was doing that. But he said something that's very beautiful in verse nine. He said, and to make all see. I, I, that has fascinated me, and to make all see what is the fellowship or the sharing of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been had been has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. So, what Paul says that God has given him this ability to make all see. W- Would you like to be able to just? Speak with such clarity that people begin to see. Their eyes are open, and Paul says he has this grace. Now, if you said yes, I I want that, then I want you to hold that that desire because it it can be your determination. So now, because you have that desire, now you are determined to see it happen. Now he says that he has the ability to make all see. What this sharing of this mystery, which was from the beginning of the ages, was hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is saying is that the church is a revelatory body, not just a body that receives revelation, but a body that dispenses revelation, the revelation of God. Uh, There was a, a song that was sung a lot when I was a boy, I don't know the exact title, but I think it was titled "How I Got Over." How I got over, and it meant how I got, how I uh, lived beyond debilitating things, dangerous things, uh, hurtful things, painful things. How I got over, and it says, "Now my soul looks back and wonder how I got over." You know, and so so what we're looking at here is that. The, the church now is a, this amazing revelatory body that you are expressing to somebody. How do they get through that? Yeah. I, I'd like to know how they were able to survive all those things. And so sometimes if the modern church, we seem to think that it, it's about not having issues or always shining like a new dime. But you shine like a new dime when you reveal the purpose of God. Paul goes on to say that God created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent, to the intent, the purpose, that now, at that juncture, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by whom? The church, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Now, he says the manifold wisdom of God. So what he's saying is that the wisdom of God is of such a variety that God uses all of us to show, as it were, some color of his amazing wisdom, his amazing power that might be made known by the church, not only to those who are in the earth with us, but to principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Have you ever thought of being an instructor to, to angels and of angels? He says that you are an instructor, and Paul says he has this ability from God, this grace from God, to be able to make people see. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Not only people, but the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. According to the eternal purpose. According to the eternal purpose. According to the eternal intent which he, God the Father, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Now, what Paul is saying is that God, in the mind of God, in the thought process of God, he has already done what he has purposed to do in Christ. But it seems to me that Paul is saying to us then you and I need to search it out and present it to others. Amen. Are you searching it out? When we were praying a short while ago, I was, I, I was really overcome because my brother and his family are hurting. They are hurting. We have brothers and sisters who are hurting, and I can't be fine if you're not fine. Amen. But here in, the, in this amazing story, Paul talks about a something that has already been accomplished, but you and I search it out to present it all the reality of God forever and ever for the church forever and ever has already been accomplished it's already been brought to a, a definitive end in Christ Jesus our lord and paul goes on to, to give us more confidence and say and he says to us in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him now did you see how that works come on did you see how that works we have now, because as we understand who, who he is, we then begin to understand who we are. But sometimes we're trying to just force who we are to make it be who we are in him. Not the case. No, we find out who he is, then we manifest that to others. Amen. And Paul says, even, even to principalities, rulers in the heavenly places. This mystery that both believing Jews and Gentiles are, were in, in one body is part of the revelation. We, if we understand that the Jews are the favorite and that's it, then we don't really have the revelation. Jesus came to bring this mystery to the fore that both Jews and Gentiles would share in one body. Amen. Hallelujah. And it was revealed, this this was revealed to the apostles and the prophets, in the apostles and the prophets, yeah, the New Testament apostles and the prophets have understood this. Now, let, let's go on to, to look at, very briefly, what this purpose looks like. It looks like salvation, that is being saved from what one cannot be saved from. It's not good enough to have a mental idea of, of salvation it 's not good enough to have a mental idea but not a real, a, a real one as in walking it out that 's when it 's real when I can walk it out when, when God says no to me, can I walk it out or do I pout like a child sometimes i 've pouted like a child but i 've grown out of that now what does it look like? It looks like redemption his purpose of Purchasing us, becoming the ransom price for us. So, what does that mean? Paul calls it grace that God has bestowed upon us immeasurable grace, more grace than, than you could ever use, even in eternity. God has given you that grace. And it's it's also dealing with deliverance that God has delivered us from this world that is all the power of the world to subjugate us to. Bring us down to destroy our hopes and dreams in God. He has delivered us from the power of the world system. He has delivered us from the power of the devil. He has also transferred us into another kingdom. But so often we don't seem to understand the kingdom. We think it's a feel-good kingdom like the kingdoms of this world. You get all your needs met, all your desires met, and you are totally fine now. But can you handle it when you don't get them met? Can you still love Jesus? Amen. And, and forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. That's a part of this. Forgiveness of sin. Can you imagine? If, forgiveness is one of the most amazing blessings and the most under-told blessing that we have. Forgiveness. The opportunity to start again without demerit. Forgiveness—the opportunity to start again without demerit—and and all those finger pointers—they're not for forgiveness. They just want to be forgiven, but they don't really haven't really internalized forgiveness. That is, God has been good to me; I will be good to you. God gave me what I didn't deserve; I'm going to give you what you didn't deserve. Forgiveness, and then the unmerited favor of God, the grace of God. Each of us right now, whether we realize it. Each of us right now are basking in grace. We are seated in grace. We have experienced the mercy of God. And and I am here today because of God's grace, not because I was smarter than others. Let's look, let's back up and look at Ephesians chapter 1. I, I backed up because we normally start in one, right? But let's look. He says just as, verse 4, just as he chose us. So God had a purpose for you being a saint, a sanctified one, a set apart one. And so, it's so crazy. We so esteem things of the world. We so esteem things of the world that, that sometimes we put them on par with God. You say, well, I would never do that. Oh, you do it, maybe not with words, but in practice. So let's don't do that. Let's don't, right now, whenever I talk about some of the things that God gives me to talk about, somebody wants to say, well, well, we're going to be practical. You can be spiritually practical, or you can be spiritually impractical. You can be spiritually practical, and that is doing whatever God says. But you don't take the spirit things and bring them into some natural format and just do that. Amen. And that's now you're practical. No, no. You're practically something else. <laughs> he chose us in him. Now listen what he did. I, I, I know that we, we understand these things with our head, but do you understand them with your heart? When you understand these things with your heart, they will take you into a whole new sphere. Uh, another area, another arena. I want you to go into another arena. I would like for you to go beyond what you can feel, what you can touch, what you can, as it were, smell. I would like for you to go beyond that and soar with God. He chose us in him, in Christ. Listen, before the foundation of the world. Can you imagine? I don't know how your imagination is. My imagination is very vivid. Can you imagine that God knew before he made the world he's going to save you? (laughs) So this should help us with purpose, with understanding. I am not accidentally saved. I'm not saved because I one day came down an aisle and shook a preacher's hand. Good handshake, but that was not why I'm saved. I'm saved because God purposed it, and in time and space, I said yes to God, even in the midst of my lostness. How do you figure that out? Even though you're lost and you cannot see or know, but somehow you say yes. Somehow you go, I need the Lord. I need God. I need Jesus Christ. When the persons next to you never thought like that. Wow. But listen, he didn't just choose us in him before the foundation of the world. Not only that. He had a purpose that we should be holy and without blame before him, basking in his love. Now listen, he's not finished yet. This is this this is this is just like Holy Spirit superlatives, you know, where you go from one degree of super abundance to another degree of super abundance. It's like super abundance, 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 and you just keep going and going and going and going and, until you can never find that doubtful person you used to be. Hallelujah. He's amazing. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined. That sure does mess up a lot of Protestants. You know, people were saying I was preaching, I was blaspheming. When I talked about predestination, here it is right here in the scripture. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. He predestined you to be a full-grown son of God, able to do the family business. He's not saying here he adopted you, that's why you're in the family. He's saying he adopted you and gave you rights of full sonship. You can now conduct family business. But you were born again. You were, at uh, 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 the Greek, I believe that's technon. You were nepios, a little bitty, bitty bitty baby, diaper baby. Then you became a technon. Then you became a Weos. But here he says that uh, according, now he did that. He predestined you to adoption as sons, full-grown sons, by Jesus Christ. And notice everything is done by Jesus or in him or through him. He's He's indispensable. And so I want you to walk around aware that Jesus is indispensable. I don't want you to just say, say it today, but you leave here and he's not indispensable because you're caught in a traffic jam. Or he's not uh, uh, indispensable because now you've got something in your head that's your present reality and he's not there now. Are you still with me? Wow. Now he did all this according, the Bible says, according to the good pleasure of his will. That means like even or, or according to concerning or pertaining or touching to the good pleasure of his will. According is in agreement, even. Now listen, he says, according to the good pleasure of his will. So his good pleasure, his will, he did that to the praise of the glory of his grace. Now Paul goes on to say, by which he made us. Accept it in the beloved. I've taught you not uh, many years ago when I talked about the beloved, talking about from, I mean, preaching from uh, Colossians chapter 1 that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom uh, 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 of his beloved son, that it's a place, it's, it's a person. The place is a person. The place is a person. So it's not just like, oh, it's in heaven, this, this um very almost random idea of heaven, this, this broad view of heaven. It's just this place where I guess you can have all the grapes and bananas you want and, you know, and ride on a cloud. But it's a person. Heaven is a person. And, and many years ago I, I, I taught you that I, go, heaven per se is not my goal. Christ is my goal because wherever Christ is, I've got heaven. And this is what he is saying to us. To the praise of the glory of his grace, grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. His grace by which he made us accepted in his beloved son. Verses 7 through 10, he says, in him. Now notice how he speaks again. We could talk about Ephesians, the first chapter, maybe for a, a year. And I don't think we would exhaust it. In him, we have redemption. We've been purchased through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins, again, the forgiveness of sins. It's very important that your sins are forgiven. And and Paul is driving this point home. Our sins are forgiven. We are seated here today and online because our sins are forgiven. God's not angry. We will never experience the wrath of God. Our sins are forgiven. And because your sins are forgiven, you don't go out and sin. That's, that's like, well, maybe you've never tasted and seen. Now, listen. He says, your sins are forgiven. You have received redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. What? According to the riches of his grace. So they are commensurate, equal to his grace. His grace is fathomless. Fathom, you know that word fathom, where you can find the bottom of the sea by sounding. He says, no, you can't you, forever and ever. There is no bottom to his grace. There's no bottom to his grace. And, and he has redeemed you through the blood of Jesus Christ, g- forgiven your sins according to the bottomless grace that he is and he has. Mm. Having made known to us, the mystery of his will. Let's read verse 8. Let's go back to verse 8. Is that it? Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself... Now, he made this purpose for you in himself, that God did these things in Christ so they would be immutable, unchangeable. They would always be there for us. Age after age after age after age. Eon after eon after eon after eon. Forever and ever and ever and ever. He put your treasure in a person. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Christ, your treasure chest in him. Let us pray. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for the word of God today. We pray that you have a purpose for your people, your, your loved ones. You have a purpose. And it's not like we have heard so much of, oh, that you want us to buy new clothes and you want us to, to do all these things and prosper in this world. Yes, you do. But you've promised, you've promised us and you've said to us that I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So you did not leave off prospering in the soul, that the soul would be well fed well-nourished, and that we would know who we are and what we have in you, and we would know how unattainable it is that the enemy can destroy us in an eternal sense. It's an impossibility. We're beyond his reach because we've been transferred from his kingdom and his domain into the kingdom of your beloved son in him. We thank you so much. I pray that everybody here today would go out of here different knowing that you save them unconditionally. Salvation is not a conditional blessing. It's an unconditional blessing because you, you saw us before the foundation of the world. You purposed before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and without blame before you in love. I pray that we would leave this place today come back to this place the next time or go to our next destination knowing that we are safe in you. Safe, secure, from all alarm in you. And I pray we will walk like it. In Jesus' name. Amen.